Praise the Lord. I'm Elder Newsom with the Faith in God Internet TV. You want to say praise the Lord to the people of God. God bless you. And we're on a terrific Monday today. For this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. We need you to rejoice with us. Praise God. That's what we need the people of God to do. We need you to rejoice with us and uh, celebrate life. Celebrate uh, the goodness of the Lord because God is good. God is great. And he's greatly to be praised. And for there is none like him. And we are just excited that we've uh, been invited to uh, come to the table of the Lord. You know, where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. We're so grateful. So we have a beautiful broadcast Bible study today, and uh, we're going to get into it today. But, but before we get into it, we'd like to definitely uh, give honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's the head of our life. And uh, we'd like to honor our honorable pastor, Bishop Dr. Ellis E. Murchison, Sr. of the Pentecostal Power Church. And to our first lady, Lady Paulette Murchison, praise God. And uh, to my own beautiful wife, Missionary Newsom, we thank and praise God for her and uh, helping us with the ministry and uh, getting some things that we need to uh, get taken care of. And so uh, we definitely thank God for uh, you as well uh, being a part of the broadcast today. And so uh, we hope that you have your Bible ready. Uh, we want to get our sidebar and then we're going to have a word of prayer and then we're going to get right into the Bible study. And as you know, as I always say, uh, you know, in the world that we live in, uh, <clears throat> we don't live in a perfect world. And matter of fact, we're imperfect people uh, that need to be perfected by a holy God. But uh, with all that being said in one breath, I just like to say that, uh, we got some things still going on with the uh, uh, undecisiveness with the uh, people being able to be vaccinated and please pray for, um, you know, the people out in California and different areas of the country that are having shortages and things like that with the vaccine. Uh, Cause a lot of people are, uh, I don't know, just depending, you know, putting a lot of hope in places that, you know, uh, you tell them about the Lord and it just seemed like it, it's like water rolling off a duck's back. And so uh, we need trust in the Lord. Uh, yeah, the vaccine, I'm not saying, you know, God allowed them to make some progress, but 
we should be putting our trust in the Lord because uh, I'm finding out there's some other things happening with uh, with the coronavirus. There's a new variant and it's killing folks. And so at a rapid pace. And they said at first that we're getting all this mixed information. They said at first, uh, well, it it is not as bad. You know, it's just uh, it spreads faster. But now they found out it's killing uh, is more deadly. And so, you know, it's just uh, it's just one of those things where I want to bring our attention into, you know, the word of the Lord and to the things of God and the things that God speaks. You can uh, you can pretty much is validated by the word of God because in uh, Malachi three and six, he said, I'm the Lord and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. And so we know God is not a man that he should lie. You know, man can be uh, confused in their judgment and their understanding. Uh, but the Lord, uh, he has uh, the counsel that uh, is not darkened. And so we thank and praise God for the truth being the light. And so with that being said, I just want to say in a simple text, trust God. You know, I just want to say to the people of God, if you get to, got to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. But, you know, above all you're getting, get an understanding that you're going to have to trust God no matter what. And so take the vaccine, get the vaccine if you want to get it. But I'm telling you, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. But I will remember the name of the Lord. Because the Bible said the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous can run into it and they are safe. And so I believe the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. And so with that being said, we want to uh, ask and petition the saints of God. Continue to pray for me and my family, pray for uh, my dad, pray for my uh, sisters and brothers uh, that's not saved. Uh, pray for Sister Tweety that God will continue to keep her heart encouraged and she continue to seek the Lord and all of those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost, all of our young people in the Pentecostal Power Church. Let us pray for our presiding bishop and uh, our assisting presiding bishop and um, Mother Bennett, Lady Bennett, and the uh, entire Pentecostal Power Organization, uh, Executive Council Board of Bishops and uh, the entire body that God may uh, direct and also guide them uh, concerning uh, the uh, organization. And so uh, our bishop needs your prayers as well. Continue to pray for my bishop. He's very, very, uh, very, very powerful man of God. Uh, God used him greatly on yesterday. Very, very powerful man of God, powerful message. And, uh, you know, just a lot of things that I had to think on when he was preaching. It's just so many scriptures came to my mind as he was preaching. And it just took me back almost, you know, just say almost, just say 20, took me way past 20 years. It took me back over 20 years, you know. Uh, you know, my bishop now, he's getting older, but it took me like 20 years, like when his mustache and stuff was black. It took me like 20 some years back. You know, um, the way he was preaching yesterday and uh, I was like, wow, you know, um, pastor, you know, he's still, you know, he's still got it. And, uh, you know, the Lord is giving it to him. And so, you know, we need to get behind, you know, um, good leaders, 
and, uh, you know, support uh, where we can and, and do the best we can to help them and aid them in uh, the ministry. And uh, with that being said, you know, I just thank and praise God that, uh, you know, he had said something that was kind of uh, profound. Uh, he said a lot of profound stuff, but this was just one thing that kind of, you know, kind of stuck in my mind, you know, you know, just concerning, you know, uh, you know, holiness concerning, you know, church. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we have to stay on guard from things, you know, that, that can actually change our footing, you know, just because, you know, the way we look at wholeness, you know, sometimes people, you know, I don't know, they, they get the impression that, you know, uh, I don't know, silence is uh, a green light. And so I just leave it like that. You know, when you silence on a, or, or if it's not brought up frequently, you know, they feel like it's a green light. And pastor said, uh, you know, we are, you know, commissioned and, you know, ordained by God, charged by God uh, to not uh, give people a license to sin. And when he said that, I was like, wow. Because some people, they think us, you know, I don't know, just because you ain't beating on it, welling on it every day. Because in pastoring, you know, you can't just well on, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, frivolous things. I call them frivolous things because uh, we that desire to be saved are going to be governed according to the Holy Ghost. But it's the ones that, you know, that rebel and that um, don't receive the message of the leader or the or the preacher that you have to tend to, you know, keep going over things. And so that caught me yesterday when he said that, though, that, you know, we're not giving people a license to sin. And so we should be mindful of that as a people of God, that regardless of how long you've been saved, if you just got saved yesterday, or you've been saved 40 years you know, there is no license or permission to sin because God has, you know, charged these holy men and women of God that he chose to preach the gospel, uh, not only to, uh, you know, preach, you know, against sin, but also to stand against sin. And so, you know, we can preach against sin but not stand against it. And let me explain it. And then we're going to get into this lesson today. You, I can preach against sin, but to stand against it, meaning when it, when it shows up on my doorstep or it shows up at a level that I need to address it, then I'm going to address it just like uh, the Bible says. And too many times we'll preach against sin, but then we'll allow things in our, I don't know, in our congregations or in our homes to be done and God is displeased. And so I want to say that, uh, then you still permitting it to happen. So, uh, you know, technically you complicit. And so I don't want to get into no discussion about that, but I just wanted to, you know, just lay out my thought process on that. So now let us pray, uh, for our sick and those that need prayer. I already stated our presiding Bishop and different ones, even the sick that's among us, those that touch by COVID, uh, those that may, uh, be uh, having some mind issues. I know being shut in the house for weeks on end and not being able to get out 
it causes a certain amount of depression. And now people are depressed. And uh, I'm hearing by the thousands, uh, um, there's been thousands of people throughout uh, ministries that have just left church and uh, they've defected. They're not going to anybody's church. They, you know, they've gotten, um, I don't know, depressed or under pressure and uh, they've lost a press. And so let us pray for those uh, families that God will give them their press back and give them they want to and they desire to serve the Lord. All right. And so there could be any of us uh, fall into that situation. And so let us have compassion and let us pray and let us uh, petition God for all these families that are in bereavement due to the COVID and just other issues that has happened. A uh, young lady lost her son. And so we want to pray for that family uh, in particular and just everyone that we know that needs prayer. And that uh, so one lady on Facebook, her, I think her mother got COVID. And so let us pray. Saints, people are, you know, they're getting on social media and they're not, they're not doing this, uh, you know, gossiping and crazy stuff. Now people are serious and people are hurting and people are affected by this thing and they're going through something, whether, whether you may be going through anything or not, that remains to be seen, but people are going through and, uh, it's been more, uh, visual, you know, uh, in my understanding, because people has been reaching out to me, uh, for prayer and for, uh, intercessory prayer for their families. And so that's what we want to do. We want to pray for not only those that reached out through Facebook and social media, but even those in our churches and communities and those uh, frontline uh, essential workers. Let us pray for them that God may uh, minister healing to their families. Okay. All right. Let us look away to the Lord, eternal God, our Savior. In the precious name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise, God. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you've given us to be together one more time. We thank you, O oh God, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, O oh God, for having the ability, O oh God, to be here on the broadcast. We thank you for blessing us and giving us, O oh God, the strength, O oh God, to be used, O oh God, for your glory. And as we pray, God, direct us. O oh God, as we teach, Lord, let your word fall upon the ears that will hear, oh God, what you're saying to the people of God. Send strength, send encouragement, send deliverance in the name of Jesus. We glorify and we give you praise. And Father, we pray, God, that this link will be shared uh, with others and that others that hear the broadcast will also share the link that others may uh, receive a word of encouragement concerning this topic on our daily bread Bible study. And Father, we ask that you would, oh God, help us to decrease that your anointing would increase. And Father, you would comfort the hearts and minds of your people, especially those that are hurting now. Moved by your power and your anointing. Touch somebody, Lord, that they may feel your presence and that they may desire to change and turn toward you. And Father, we forever give you glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise, and we give you the thanks. These, oh God, and other blessings we ask and pray in the name of Jesus, to the glory of God. Continue to 
bless my wife, Missionary Newson, and all of the families in particular, God, that we have up before you. Bless those families and bring them through as we, oh God, look to you who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And Father, we thank you and we forever give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. And amen. Praise God. And so we thank God for uh, the prayer. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get into our Bible study today, our daily bread. And we want to talk about uh, our third topic. We got one more to go. We started out with church discipline. And uh, we, well, no, yeah, well, and we started talking about division in the church. And so now we're going to talk about uh, the last one is going to be ch- uh, dis- disorder in the church. We're going to talk about disorder, but uh, but the one we're going to talk about today is the, is the uh, third one. So we kind of did it in reverse. We started with number four, and now we're working on number three, avoiding sexual sin. And so we, a lot of people don't want to talk about this uh, topic because it's a touchy subject, but we're going to deal with the scripture. Uh, We're not going to deal with anything graphic or anything that's demeaning, but we want to uh, just deal with the scriptural viewpoint about avoiding uh, sexual sin. And uh, first thing we want to do, we're going to go to the gospel of Matthew. We're going to see if we can go there and take a look at uh, some scriptures here and let's see what we can uh, get for you. You can go to Matthew 18. And so we want to go there. Um, and I think we uh, was there yesterday or, or I believe last week we was there. And, you know, I've been looking at this for a while now. So yesterday too, but to make a long story short, uh, let us take a look at this. Um, 18 and 15. We're going to pick back up there because we talked about it last week as well. It says, more of if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Okay? So that's what we want to um, leave right there with you. Okay? And so that's if somebody's sin, you go to him. All right? You know what I'm saying? You going around talking about them, you know, because they need prayer. You know what I'm saying? You going around spreading it. That ain't going to help the situation. They need prayer. And before you can uh, be of any help and assistance to them, I'm going to take you to the next scripture. I'm going to take you to Galatians. I'm going to take you to Galatians chapter 6. Let's take a look at that real quick. Because I want you to see these scriptures. Because sometimes we uh, we do more, we evade more of the scripture. We get in our flesh and we make things worse. But we need to take these scriptures, you know, and we need to we need to act on these scriptures, you know, so we can uh, be a help. All right. And so let's go to Galatians. I'm gonna go to Galatians here. Just stay with me. I want you to uh, take a look at it. Galatians 6 and 1, it says, Brethren, if a man or woman 
be overtaken in a fault. So I just uh, wanted to let you know, it doesn't matter the gender. If anybody, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burden, so fulfill ye the law of Christ. Huh? He says, for if any man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceive himself. He deceiveth himself. And so now, like I said again, there's no sense in you going around spreading that, uh, tearing that person down, criticizing. The best thing we can do is go to that person and pray for him. And sometimes we say, oh, that's the pastor's job. I'm going to leave it to the pastor. But we still are members one of another. And so if the pastor trying to get the person help and restore restoration, shouldn't uh, the body of believers be uh, in agreement with the leader or with the, with the pastor and with those uh, leaders that are charged with, uh, you know, the, the responsibility of helping uh, that person uh, return back uh, to God. And so we're talking about avoiding sexual sin. And so we, those of you that just came on, want to let you know, we, we started with Matthew 18 and 15, and now we're in Galatians 6 and 1. And we read 6 and 1 through about 3. So you can catch up. You can mark those scriptures. We're going to move right along, because we only got like maybe 10 more minutes. And we'll be back visiting this subject. We'll be back on it uh, on Wednesday, if the Lord's will. Now we're going to go uh, to First uh, Corinthians chapter 5. Now I want to say this to you. Five and two, but I'm going to read five, one and two. First Corinthians chapter five, verse number one and two. It says, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And for such fornication as it is not as much, not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife, you know. What, you know, Lord have mercy. And then it says, and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that you have done this deed might be taken away from among you. You know, some people didn't even, you know, feel repentant, you know, that they doing these immoral things, immoral, immorality. All right. And the church must discipline flagrant sin among its members. It's very important that they deal with it. Such sin left unchecked can polarize and paralyze the church. And this is the thing, you know, we have to, we was taught when we was coming up, there is no playboys and no playgirls in the church. There's only holy men and women to serve the Lord. And so in the Corinthian church has some problems because they had prostitution in the church. And uh, they had all kinds of things going on, you know. And so we ain't going to get into that. But we just want to let you know, you know, look at the Corinthian history and you'll see that church had um, a worldly problem, you know. And so don't tell me that people can't come into church and still be worldly. It can happen. And if we don't come against this stuff, the, that's more worldliness 
creeping into the body of Christ. All right. And so uh, the correction uh, should never be in a vengeful, damaging way. You know, somebody that's sin, fall into fornication or adultery or whatever the case is. We shouldn't be trying to kill the person, praise God, or demoralize the person. But we should address the issue, praise God. We should go to the individual privately and sit down and figure out with that with that person, you know, what problems are they having that they went off and binged off into this area. That's very, very dangerous, dangerous and damaging to that soul. And we have to let the person know the importance of that sin impacting their relationship with God not more so people because the first thing we sometimes do we oh you know so and so so and so gonna find out we not worried about all that you know we worried about this so we not worried about who knows and how many people found out about this we not trying to keep a secret in the first place because it's sin the first thing that we trying to do is address the sin problem and help the person get restored that should be the two primary objectives. And the third thing should be that we do it in love. Praise God. And so it's very, very important because you got to consider yourself because you could be in a situation and you want to have that love and that compassion, but you also, you also going to want correction. You also going to desire, uh, uh, what we call uh, very, very good uh, confidential counsel. And what you do not want, you do not want a situation where it turns from a little flame into a forest fire. And that's what immor immorality, uh, infidelity, and all these things can turn into. And it can tear up houses. It can tear up families. It can tear up a church. And so I want to say to you, this is what we must do. We must deal with it. And if someone's having an affair with his mother's uh, or stepmother or, or whatever, you know, you know, whatever the situation is, because there's some strange situation that can come up, you know brother sleeping with the father's girlfriend or the father sleeping with the son's uh, woman or whatever the case is. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to say this, whatever it is, you know, you sleeping with the other sister in the church and you winking at her and you know, you married, you know, all these type of things, you passing out your phone number and you know, you're married, what you're passing your phone number out for. So these are the kind of things that we want to deal with. And if, we don't deal with these things. They can cause some problems. Paul was telling the church they had the responsibility to maintain standards of morality found in God's word. He wasn't saying it. I'm not saying it, but we must take a firm stance. God tells us not to judge others, but he also tell us not to, uh, uh, tolerate flagrant sin that opposes holiness. It has dangerous influences over other believers. Let me give you a point. 
Paul says here, skip down to 2 Corinthians. I mean, 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. He said, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaven a whole lot. Don't you know if the pastor lets you keep going the way you're going, somebody else going to see it and they're going to say, oh, wow, she getting away or he getting away with doing all this stuff. Oh, well, I think it's okay now. I guess I can do it too. And so when people are weak and people are weak-minded, they're going to gravitate to the path of least resistance. And what you mean by that? They're going to go with what feels good to them. And that was an old saying back in the 70s. And maybe I'll be telling you how old I am. But there was an old saying back in the 70s when I was a teenager. When I was at, Well, actually, when I was young, well, I was getting ready to be a teenager. I'll put it like that. But back in the 70s, I put it like this. It was early 70s. So I had to be about maybe, I don't know. I'd just say, just say 10 years old. But that was an old saying back then. And I'm just bringing it to the forefront. If it feel good to you, do it. And we have to refute this kind of stuff that people derive and bring in the church. No, in the church, if it feel good to you, don't do it. Praise the Lord. Because everything that feel good ain't good. I got to tell it the way it is, y'all. And so we we got to tell it, you know, because sometimes that's all we're doing is babysitting a lot of people that want to be made to feel good. And we're not charged to pastor or babysit people and uh, make their emotions feel good. We want to make sure that their soul is ready to, to go to meet their God, meet heaven. Meet Jesus, if I can make that plain. And so the pastor's responsibility is to perfect you. Uh, it says in the fivefold ministry, you know, he gave some, you know, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, you know, pastors, right? For the perfecting, praise God, of the church and edifying of the body of Christ, for the perfecting of the saints. So if a saint or a believer is going to be perfected, they're going to have to have this word taught to them. Now, let me get out of here. I'm getting ready to get out of here so we can avoid these things. We shouldn't allow people to dress improper because that entices. You know, when people dress improper, that's enticement. Now, I know people don't agree with, you know, this context. People say, well, hey, they must have some issues already. No, you got to really, really look at this. Praise God. You got to really, really look at it. Now, and we ain't going to get into it, but y'all know, you know, Bishop has shared it before and other pastors have sh shared it before. You know, you go into a red district, you know how they dress in the red district. And so if a believer is dressing like somebody in the red district, you know what that means. So let's don't play with this. All right. And so a lot of time we want to play with this and say, put the blame where it shouldn't be. Yeah, that person may have some issues because everybody that comes to the church ain't saved. Some folks trying to get saved and it can be a distraction. Your enticing can be a distraction. And so this is why we must wear modest apparel and sobriety. Praise God. And be in shamefacedness. Praise God. And so that's in the Bible. Modest. And so 
You know, a lot of people say it's legalism, you know, people dealing with the outside, the inside got to get, get right. Yes, that's correct. But we must talk about these things that cause problems in the church. And we have to avoid sexual sin. And that ain't the only sin. But we talk about all these other sins. But all these babies are coming up. And the father got to be somewhere. Praise God. And if the father ain't in the church, then what's going on with that? So we have to ask ourselves a question. We don't just, we ain't looking over the liar. We're not looking over the homosexual. We're not looking over no sin. But this is the one we tend not to talk about because sometimes, you know, all kinds of people from top to bottom, from A to Z, can get caught in this web. I'm talking about pastors. I'm talking about leaders. I'm talking about elders. I'm talking about brothers, sisters. I'm talking about every aspect of ministry. People can get caught in this web if they don't have uh, uh, morality or standards in place. You know, you being in the office too long with somebody else. Oh, Lord, let me let me get out of here. I got to get out of here. Sometimes, you know, we doing things. That's counterproductive. I'm not saying you weak. I'm not saying you going to do something with somebody because you in the office by yourself with them. But the Bible said, don't let your good be evil spoken of. And so I don't want to be in the office, you know, uh, you know, there's times you got to be in the office with somebody by yourself, but I don't want to be in the office, no two or three hours or, or even no hour with no sister by myself and my wife ain't in there. I'm just going to tell you like it is. Sister Newsom need to be up in there with me. And that's where I, and not that she don't trust me or I'm not trust my, you know, people say, oh, I'm not, you know, she don't trust you and all. It ain't about all that. It's just about uh, doing things morally correct. And so my thing is do how you want to do. But I'm saying the Bible way is the protected way, you know, in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. And so if I stay within the confines of the scripture, you know, and uh, my thing is, hey, you know, we got to do it the Bible way. So people can't be accusing our leaders and accusing our officials of doing stuff because people are lie. And so you have no protection if you up there by yourself with her and you a man. So I'm just going to put it, put it like it is. You up there by yourself with her is your word against theirs. And so to protect yourself in all aspects, use wisdom. Okay. And so I want to say this, you know, um, God tell us, you know, not to judge others, but we must oppose sin. Okay. And so sometimes we have to leave it, you know, in the hands of God to deal with some things, but uh, for the next scripture I'm going to call, and we're getting out of here now. I want you to go to First uh, Corinthians chapter six, and uh, we're going to go to twelve. And Paul says here, this is what he says here. Uh, well, let's let's just go back a little bit. Uh, let's go to First Corinthians six and nine. Oh God. Uh, you know what? Y'all forgive me. I want to go up a little farther because this kind of matches 
uh, Matthew 18, 15. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6 and 7. He says, now, therefore, there's utterly a fault among you because you go to the law one with another. And he says, what do you rather take? What do you not rather take wrong? Why do you rather suffer yourself to be defrauded? He said, nay, you do wrong in the fraud. And that your brethren, you know, we sometimes, you know, uh, take a disagreement to the unbeliever. You take your brother, sister to the courts. And uh, the judge and the jury are not the tri Christians or believers. So we should not take uh, what should be judged and handled and worked out in the church to be threshed out among, you know, the secular world for the media and everybody to eat up. You know, the media just eats up news, you know, you know, like remember that time them uh, a few years back, all those priests uh, were uh, caught uh, in uh, immorality uh, with uh, some of the young, younger uh, priests. And so my thing is, you know, the, the world would love to see the church, you know, uh, put on, you know, put on, uh, put on blast cause of immorality or some wrongdoing. So we should not, we should not go to the world, uh, on our brother and sister based on the scripture. I thought I'd get that while I was at it, but here it says here in verse nine, he says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now we as believers, we know this already, but let me, I want you to look at something for a minute. We know this, but look what happens. He says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators. Why is fornication came up so many times in the Corinthians letter? If you look at how many times fornication has came up in the Corinthian letter, you will see it was a big problem. And why is it today we can talk about everything under the sun, but we don't talk about fornication and avoiding the sexual sin. And fornication don't necessarily mean that you lying with another woman or, you know, you could be lying with a man or you can be doing uh, acts, you know, you know, with yourself. And so I just use the point uh, fornication can be a, a, a number of illicit things. And so we're not going to get into any graphic detail thing, but it can be illicit. And so when we look at, he said, neither fornicators, that was one of the first things that came up, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, adulterers, nor infeminate, which even covers the homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, neither thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, you like beer, you like wine, you like to get high, nor revilers, you like to fight and you like to argue with your, you know, significant other or your wife or what have you. Extortioners, oh, you like to swindle people out of stuff, knowing that you ain't got no good intention, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And Paul says here, 
and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord by the spirit of our God. The Holy Ghost makes a difference. He says in verse 12, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be bought under the power of any. Hmm? He said, meats are for the belly and belly for the meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. And now the body is not for fornication. He addresses it. He addresses it in detail. The body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. If you single, you should be getting a handle on your flesh. If you married, you should, oh Lord, you should have a handle on it. All right. And no, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ? And shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an herald? Now, you got to know that your body belongs to God. Look at this. Now, I'm going to read this out here. And he says here, God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an herald is one. Hmm? One body. For two said he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. You should you say you belong to God, then you can't you can't uh say you uh belong to God and shack with the devil at the same time. Praise God. And that's the problem with uh these Corinthian believers. They were saying they were in love with God, but they were shacking with the devil, meaning they were committing all kinds of illicit sins, but then professing Christ all at the same time. No man can serve two masters. Look at this now. But he says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man do without the body, for every sin that a man do it without the body, but he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. Hmm? What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? You say you got the Holy Ghost. Why are you sinning? The Holy Ghost is a keeper. The Holy Ghost is a, a you know, it's, it's the spirit of truth on the inside leading and guiding you. And it wouldn't lead you into error. Hmm? You got people, you know, oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, God, we got people in the church, you know, some of them. Oh, Lord. Someone married and then tell somebody. I think Bishop alluded to it, so I'm going to borrow it if I if it's okay. I'm going to borrow what my pastor said on Sunday. You got people saying, hey, the Lord told me you're going to be my wife. And then you say, okay. Well, you okay. So are you married? And they say, yeah, but I'm married. You, God is not confused. That sounds like the devil to me. You already married, but somebody else going to be your wife. Oh, something ain't right with that. Something ain't right with that. Y'all know it ain't right. And so there's a problem. You in your flesh and you in sin. Okay, let's look at this. 
He says, know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You say you God's property, but why are you on the devil's playground? Too many of us as believers say and claim that we belong to God, but we're playing on the devil's turf. If you belong to God, you need to stay on the Lord's side. And so that's the advice we want to give to you today. Hope we said words of encouragement that may help you. But the topic today was avoiding sexual sin. And at all costs, we need to avoid it. And you're not going to avoid it by catering to your flesh. You got to take this flesh and bring it under subjection. And if you take this flesh and bring it under subjection, then you can avoid some stuff. But as long as you pampering the flesh, giving it what's it, what it wants, you know, and uh, in Corinthians 7, he said it is good for a man not to touch a woman. I tell these young men and I share with these young men and, and I share with them all the time. It's not good to be all touchy feely. Because you all touchy feely and you touch the wrong thing, you're going to cause a problem. And so. I share with them. I encourage them. I say, as a young man myself, I had to learn not to be so touchy-feely. You know, when you first get in the church, you know, everybody wants to be touchy-feely, but you need to keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> I'm just going to say it like it is. Sometimes we just, to, to behave better, we need to keep our hands to ourselves. And then we'll stay out of some trouble in some areas. And so I just want to say to the people of God, I hope I said something to encourage you. Um, we want you to have all the goodness of God. We want you to have the truth. But most of all, we want you to avoid sexual sin. And the only way you're going to avoid sexual sin is you have to apply these scriptures. You have to apply good, common, uh, moral character and behavior. Don't just talk holy, but we must walk holy. And with no further ado, I'm your host, Elder Gregory Newsom with the Faith in God Internet TV. We want to say God bless you. Please stay tuned. We're going to be back on uh, on Wednesday at the one o'clock hour. And we're going to try to finish it out. And so we hope that you would join us on YouTube or Facebook on Wednesday at 1 p.m. We'll also be in our revival services this week on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at the 7 p.m. hour. And so you can view us there on the Pentecostal Power Milwaukee uh, YouTube or Facebook channel. So you can go to Facebook and search for Pentecostal Power Milwaukee and you'll see yesterday's service broadcast. And if you want to catch us on YouTube, you can go to YouTube and put in PPC Milwaukee and you also see uh, a list of uh, broadcasts there. Please click on the bell to subscribe if you like broadcast and uh, let us know what you think. All right. And we're not looking for ratings. We're not looking for your opinion, but we definitely looking for you to join us and support uh, the ministry. Okay. And so with no further ado, I am your host, Elder Gregory Newsom with the Faith in God Internet TV. Until next time, God bless you in Jesus name.
precious King. Oh, In you there's joy. In you there's peace. Almighty Savior. Come on, my soul loves you. Come on, oh, holy Lamb. Oh, precious Lamb. So much I owe to you, oh Lord. You sacrificed your life for me. 